everybody and welcome to Two Random Nerds Talk About the Star Wars films again, except this time the spin-offs and the sequels. Um, yeah. My name is Connor, and I'm here today with Harry. Hello, hello, um, hello. And, uh, yeah. So, Harry, what are we doing today? What, uh, what have I just said? What are we doing? We're going to talk the rest of Star Wars. Everything Not Star Wars. Star Wars. Everything Star Wars has ever been released. Not quite, because we haven't even read all the books. And we're talking, all of the we're talking comics. We're talking books. We're talking YouTube videos. We're talking the Ewok series. The Ewok um, series and the, the animated series with C-3PO and R2-D2, whatever that was called. We're not. Uh, yeah, no, we're not doing that. First, though, okay, obviously you know what we're doing. We're going to do. We're going to talk about these things one by one, but we're going to do them, rank them in our tier list at the same time. We've already done this with uh, the first part of Star Wars. Uh, if you yes. need a reminder of our tier list, it is worst movie ever, forgettable, just a movie, this is pretty good actually, unmissable, and best movie ever. Um in best movie ever currently for Star Wars we have The Empire Strikes Back A New Hope and Revenge of the Sith in Unmissable we have Attack of the Clones and Return of the Jedi and in This Is Pretty Good actually we have The Phantom Menace so today Harry yes we're going to start with um, the seventh Star Wars film seventh theatrical Star Wars film which is um, the animated Star Wars The Clone Wars yeah which I don't hate. Which I will say is uh, forgettable. Yeah, it is I... the worst of Clone Wars. Um, because it's because it's because like I get I get the whole um, putting the, the those kind of episodes that are in that film together to make one feature length, but it does just feel like four to but... five episodes stitched together. Well, it is four to five episodes stitched together. Um, the whole thing was that I don't think they were even like the animation is clearly not quite there at this at that point, so it does look really odd. Yeah. Um, and it you have to sort of give it props as a three D animated series for going in a different direction from what Disney and that were doing. Oh yeah. Three D animation. It obviously blazed its own sort of style, but it does it didn't work at the time. Not a lot of Star Wars fans really cared when it came out. Um, it did did only make like eighty million dollars in the box office. That's it, yeah. Um, and it only got pushed to cinema because George Lucas wanted it to. Yeah, yeah. It does um, feel it feels it, a bit more like a television movie. Yes, but I think there's some really fun elements in it. It sets up the tone of the show. Um, oh yeah, it's got some great signatures as well. Like when they're climbing up the the cliff face, and you've got um, Kevin. Is it Kevin Kline? That's Kevin weird. That's, that, that's a weird sequence. Um, Kevin oh, Kiner, yeah, he's yeah. The... I enjoyed his music in that sequence. I like the some of the music of the throughout the show. I, I but like that's a I don't know. That's just a, I've I've never liked the pacing's very weird. You can sort of feel where where it becomes each separate episode. Yes, and you feel that in the show sometimes as well. Like there's an episode in like the first season that's got like a really awful score. <laughs> I think as well as because it's like especially in the film. You know, the start of the episodes, even if it's, you know, picking up in the middle of, of um, a heist or something, it's still quite, I wouldn't say slow, but it's quite steady 
because it's the start of yeah. a new episode. And then by the time you get to the end, it's like, you know, wrapped up. And then when you're in watching the film, you get that four or five times. And it well, becomes a bit jarring after a while, I think. Yeah. The, the show is obviously meant to be an anthology as well. So, yes. like, episodes can take place in different uh, areas. Although less so towards the end, it did become more of a... Um, serial format i don't i guess i don't know it was like all more like towards the end it definitely was i think the last series yeah events well even towards the last series like you could sort of tell that events were taking place in order especially like leading up to when like ahsoka was leaving the jedi order and stuff like that oh yeah of course um but like in the first few seasons you can definitely feel like for example season one has the episode with the um i don't know what the episode i think the episode is called rookies Yes, where, where the team is um has fives and echo in it. You know, two characters who obviously went on to become mainstays in Clone Wars. Yeah, but um that's the first time you see them, and then the next time you see them is in a prequel episode to that episode where they're in training, and then the episode right after that is them after the first episode you see them. <laughs> if you get what I mean? Yeah, it can. I won't lie. It's it's it can be it, quite confusing at points. I think. I don't think it, I don't think it is if you just watch it, if you know it's an anthology going into it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's once you p- pick up on it, you're like, oh yeah, no, I remember that. I remember that. When, like, so when you're watching that episode, you're like, don't I haven't we seen these characters before? It's like, oh yeah, half of them have already died. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, we're not talking about the show. We'll do that another time. Um, for now, yes. the, yeah, the film is forgettable. I like, I don't care about Jabba the Hutt's son. Um. Couldn't give a flying fuck about Jabba the Hutt's son. Couldn't I like. Care so, I do like the, some of the humor of this of the film and the show in general, um, and it, it's not the best characterization of Ahsoka yet. No, it's not. But you can see where it's. Well, I mean, without we we've got the rest of the the showing as context, but just look at it as just just the film. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's just a film. Um, you can sort of. She's she's still quite a hollow character at the moment yeah i'd agree with that um, i'd agree with that but I, to be honest i'd agree with you i'd say it's forgettable i can't really remember much of it i can remember this i can remember the kind of start episode if you will of um you know when you first see anakin and everyone again and ahsoka's introduced and i can remember the last like 20 25 minutes of it of the two lightsaber battles and how it ends but i couldn't really tell you much what happens in the middle Funny um, thing is, I don't remember what season it is. I think it's season two or three, even. Um, it might be season two. There's there are episodes that take place before um, Ahsoka becomes Anakin's apprentice. Yes, yeah, there is. Um, to lead up to the, what actually happens on that planet that they're on, Kristoth uh, Sis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, the Clone Wars movie is forgettable. I th- it, ha- it has some fun moments. Um, it's just not the. Unfortunately, it's just not the show. It's not what the show went on to be. I think. No, um, definitely not. And I think you know. Um, I know we're trying to keep. You know, people be listening to this going. You know, you should be considering this separate, which we are. But you also got to take into account that we have seen the show, so obviously it's gonna, it is gonna influence. In I'm terms definitely of, considering it separate. Like when I first saw this, it was enough. I when I first saw the trailers, I was like, I don't care for it. But when I saw the film, I was like, this is fun. Granted, I was you know it was 2008 and I was a child. Yeah. Well, teenage. I was a. I was preteen. I was 12. So, um, but like, I was like, oh no, you know what? This is this is very Star Wars prequels. Um, it's got that fun and action to it. 
And then when the show started, I was like, oh, cool, I'll watch this. And then, you know, obviously it's gone on to become one of the most beloved Star Wars um, things. Yes. But it, it it is worth noting that it had a, had a very rocky start in terms of it just wasn't the strongest. Yeah. I agree with that. So, yeah, forgettable. Um, next up, we have um, the eighth Star Wars movie to be released theatrically, also known as Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Um, I would put this in this is pretty good actually well, I'm a bit torn on this one I won't lie because there's a part of I'm me I'm just sick of it <laughs> no well, that's, that's, that's this is literally going to be my point there's a part of me that wants to put it in unmissable because um, you know when it came out it was you know the return of this beloved you know it was the return of Star Wars in, in the theatres and in, in the cinema sorry and um, it was great. I fucking loved it. But the reason I was, I'm also toying with, this is pretty good actually, is because I did burn myself out on it. Like, I haven't watched it probably. Every time I've, I've done, I tried doing a Star Wars rewatch earlier this year. I need to actually try again because I didn't I only got like, two films in. But usually when I do a Star Wars rewatch, I usually stop at six because I got so burnt out on seven. I haven't seen seven in like two years. That's also because you watch it in a weird order. Huh? Nobody watches Star Wars 1 to 9. You've got to watch them in release order. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Of course. That's where I'm going wrong. Because um, you said uh, you said watching you watch 7 after 6. I watch 1 after 6 and I watch 7 after 3. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what about doing 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 6, 7, 8, 9? That's obviously in order as well. Thank you. That's the machete cut, and actually the machete cut doesn't include episode one. Oh yeah, shit. Um, but yeah, so I'm um, I'm I'm really which I'm isn't the machete cut, machete or machete order, whatever. Which isn't a real way to watch the Star Wars films. I mean, no. you can, but it's not release order. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I yeah, I'm not sure. I always I do I'm struggling. I won't lie with this one because I do I do think it's a great film. Yes, it's it's pretty much a copy of A New Hope, I get that, but at the same time I can't lie and say that I didn't and don't enjoy this film, I have a great time in this film, but I did majorly burn myself out. Yeah, um, no, the first time I, first couple of times I saw this film I loved it, and I thought, you know what, this is incredible, this is one of the best Star Wars films that's ever been made, and then, like, distance to it is, like, well, it's not one of the best Star Wars films ever made, It's in, it has some of the best production value of a Star Wars film. Yeah. Um, but then there's a lot lot to it that's not the best. Um, and I, I'm not even going to talk about like how it's compared to A New Hope or anything like that. Like there, Yeah, there's a lot of that in this film. Um, but whatever. That's in most Star Wars films, to be fair. Yeah. Um... Two, Star, two Star Wars films end with a Death Star being blown up. This film ends with a Starkiller base being blown up. Episode 1 ends with a giant space base being blown up. True. <laughs> I think... I so, think... you know... I think I'd put it in the bottom of Unmissable and the top of This Is Pretty Good Actually. So I'm happy to put it in This Is Pretty Good Actually. Um, um, same as you. I like... I mean, I really like Ky- like the portrayal of Kylo Ren in this film. Um, yeah. Uh, I like the portrayal of Finn in this film. Yep. Poe Dameron feels like a really nothing character in here because like, he was meant to die, obviously. Yeah, yeah. He's just yeah, a pilot. He's just a good pilot. Like he's fun when you first meet him, but then like 
I, I get why they kept him alive because like, I know he's actually pretty good, but like he was supposed to die. Like it's and it's completely. How did he escape? Why? Did, where did he run away to? <laughs> yeah. Um, in the middle of the desert, how did he get away? Um, and then how did he get back to his base as well? And there's I I don't I don't dislike Ray as a character overall. I just don't like her portrayal at times, and she is just a fangirl. And it's like why? Yeah. In this film, she is yeah. And it's just, and it's just annoying, really. And I don't know. Every time I watch this film, I do just get really bored. I don't know what it is. It's got a weird tone to me. Um, yeah. It's why I haven't gone back to it. I haven't gone back to any of the sequels, actually, to tell the truth. In I have in a few re- years. Re- relatively recently, I watched um, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, this is what I mean. Yeah, I think I feel like it belongs in this is pretty good actually because it's not a bad film. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I just wouldn't say it's unmissable. That's fair. Yeah, I'm happy to agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have the ninth. Star Wars film, also known as Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> um, this I'd put in unmissable. Hundred um, percent. I I really I rewatched this actually separately this year. This is the one I did revisit this year, um, and I had a really good time again. I really enjoyed it. Um, and also, fun fact for you listening: me and Connor went to the European premiere of this film, um, and we we bumped into Benedict Wong. We didn't. Yeah, but we didn't bump into Benedict Wong. He was there. <laughs> yeah, and well, he we past walked us. past him when he was giving a little interview, and then we walked, he walked past us when he was leaving the toilet. <laughs> yeah, it was a very packed auditorium, so like we were just kind of stood. Yeah, and it was um, it was a non-public um, premiere, as in there was no red carpet, so it wasn't that special. <laughs> it was still the European no, pre- premiere. No, yeah, it was. <laughs> just joking. It was nothing, Harry. We just went to watch a film. Fucking hell, calm down. We um, went to watch it in a cinema that we then watched it in two days later. We did. That's because our friend couldn't go. I, I well, no, that's because we'd already booked tickets. our tickets. And that as well. Um, and then we then we got the thing like the week before and we're like, I guess we should go to this. Yeah, fucking 100%. No, well, um, Rogue One's got... I love Rogue One for like you know building this team and then killing them all. Um it takes chances, which I think works in its favour, and I think its final act is one of the strongest final acts in Star Wars for me. Yeah, it it's is. A very I do love strong final act. I do love hearing people talk about how like the the discourse between like Darth Vader in this film and how like oh everybody loves that he's a badass. And it's like <clears throat> okay, there's 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 two there's a lot there's three different camps for this Darth Vader in this film. Yeah, there's the people that I think me and you fall into, which is this is Darth Vader at like. What his most brutal, which is like scary, in a yes. sense. Like he's he's not meant to be something to admire. <laughs> he's meant to be no. something to fear. And like, yeah, no, I get that in this scene. Um, and then there's the camp that's like, oh yeah, this is Darth Vader killing people. This is what I like to see. Who and it's like, okay, those people are weird. Yeah. Um, and then there's the camp of people who don't like this because it's just Darth Vader killing people for no reason. And it just all that all this scene proves is that Darth Vader can kill loads of people easily, but he can't catch a memory stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. He, he, it's he, true. He, he's yeah. like, I'm gonna kill all these people dramatically, but I'm not gonna grab the thing that I need to grab. <laughs> but I love. Yeah, I do love just in that one scene, like you said, the characterization of him of proving why he should be feared, 
um, to audiences because that scene is fuck like it is brutal. It's yeah, yeah. I, every time I watch it, I still get chills. And I I'm think... a big fan of Darth Vader's portrayal in this film in general. I, people really hate a lot of people hated the scene with him and Krennic. I enjoy that scene. Once I we really like that year, scene. Yeah. I'm like, that is Darth Vader. He's always been like sassy. <laughs> yeah, having rewatched it this year, I I very much got an appreciation for everything this film does and tries to do as well. It's, it's like people are like, oh, Darth Vader. Why is Darth Vader making a joke? Because he says, um, don't choke on your aspirations while he's choking a guy, and it's just like yeah. that is exactly something Darth Vader would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's unbeatable. This is Darth easily... Vader. He's the... Darth Vader's the sassiest bitch in the Star Wars universe. Oh, without a doubt. But um, when he throws Luke inside the carbonite, he's like all too easy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's easily unmissable. You know. Yeah. It, uh, you, even though we haven't spoken much about anything else, just Darth Vader at the moment. Um, the final act is a war. Film. The final act is incredible. Um, um, I think the characterization of the team as well. I think is 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 well done even though you know they kill them off at the end they give you they give you just enough of each character to to understand and even care for them so by the time they're killed off you do go oh shit like fuck he's dead and then when they you know and i do love the fact that we already mentioned i do love the fact that he kills off the whole team it doesn't go no you know we'll we'll keep this one he goes no no we it it's not it's not a happy ending okay yeah you know it links to a new hope and you get layer, layer, layer at the end, and she gets the plans. It's not a happy ending of a film. Like it's, it's, it's pretty grim. Well, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah. It's the story of how how we got to this point, the, the point in the first Star Wars film, and like, it's it's done pretty well. Like it, it's it's got enough fan service in there as well. But it never, I don't ever think it felt really really forced. No, some lovely um, like imagery, some lovely shots as well. Like the shot with um. Uh, I think it's the Death Star. I think it's on the final planet with where they're having the the final battle, and you see like the Death Star in the I sky. You have like the Death Star appearing like over the planet at first, like like it's like rising over it in like you know in space, and then you have that shot of when it's like almost like it's looking right at Krennic, and he's like, "Oh shit, I'm about to be killed by my own thing." Yeah. Um, yeah. There's when it there's the sh- there's when it destroys um, Jeddah City. Yes, that's that's really a really cool sequence. Um, it does have the weirdest portrayal of Sorgerera ever. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about Borgullet. Um Borgullet. Um Did they send you to kill me? <laughs> to kill me? It's um, it's weird. That's weird. I'd put it on the lower end of unmissable. Um, but it is it's something different. Do you remember? Do you remember the quote in the trailer that we used to we used to say all the time? I'm a uh, is it? I'm a rebel. Oh, I rebel. No, it was so great. Rebel rebellions like, are built on hope. No, it was the one where he's like, uh, like protect the dream or something, or like save oh, yeah. the dream. Save or... the rebellion. Save the dream. Yeah, we used to. We used to. We used to quote it because like, um, uh... Harvey used to watch the trailers slowed down. To try and pick up on everything. Yes, 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 and, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. And you hear it, save the rebellion, <laughs> save, save the dream. dream. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was brilliant. what it was. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's where that, that's where we put Rogue One. Yeah, I miss it um, for sure. That film's book also gonna be looked at a lot better now since um, Andor as well. Yes. 
And we'll do the it Star Wars shows think... at some point as well. Hmm? I assume we'll do the Star Wars shows at some point to talk about Andor a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, at some point. I can't wait for the second season of Andor to be shit because of the strikes, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such, such a shame. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, anyway, next we move on to the uh, tenth Star Wars film, which is Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, which I would put on the uh, top end of Unmissable. Yeah, I'm going to say Unmissable as well, I think, because, um, again, I I loved this when it first came out. I haven't watched it in a couple of years, which is why I'm not going to say, oh, Top End of Unmissable, or Best Movie Ever, or whatever, because I don't know if my opinion's changed. I don't know, you know, I haven't watched it, and I do want to rewatch it. But I think, I think whether you love it or hate it, I think there are some very strong elements in this film. I think there's some very strong filmmaking in this film as well. Um, and I think it, again, a bit like Rogue One, it makes choices knowing that not every audience member is going to like it, but it doesn't just go, right, here's some fan service. He goes, no, no, here's here's a choice in the story that I want to tell, and I'm going to tell it, and it does that. Um, and I think yeah. it does that well. I think it may have had a part to play for Episode Nine, not being great, maybe, but... Well, that's what I originally thought until uh, Connor linked me a, a video that I've started watching that's made me realise it's otherwise. But um, yeah, I think I think it deserves unmissable because even if you just take into account that people either love it or hate it, it got everyone talking about Star Wars. People went to go see it because they wanted to make the opinion for themselves. It was a big film when it came out. Um, and The Force Awakens was bigger when it came out. Yeah, but it's got some great sequences in there as well, like um, Laura Dern's character crashing the ship and then it going silent like dead silent um, yeah the holdo manoeuvre yep yeah, that's great um, I love um, the scene with the uh, Kylo Ren Ray and versus the guards I really enjoy that mm-hmm. um, yeah what do you think I mean I, I, I think it's belong. I think it belongs in uh, near the top end of Unmissable I'm putting it below Attack of the Clones personally um, yeah <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I think, again, I really like... I, this is the best portrayal of Rey, where it's a matter of she she, she genuinely wants to just find where she belongs in this thing, and she wants she's throwing herself into this story, like, being like, I want to be part of this story of these, all these amazing people, and then just to be told that, oh, you're not actually part of it, but, you know, you can be, is what it essentially says. Yeah. Like, you can come from nothing and be something, which is what the film tries to tell you. And everyone's like, no, everyone has to be related to somebody. It's like, yeah. really? But then you look so at the message, and the message is literally like, you don't So have you want to... children to think, oh, Star Wars, I can only be a special character in Star Wars if I'm related to somebody. I can't be a nobody. And that's what this film tries to tell you, that you can be a nobody and still be and still achieve great things. Yeah, you can still be a hero. You can come from nothing and still be a, a hero, in, in essence. Yeah, um, and I th- I think it does that really. I do I do think it does that well. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, like I really liked what it did for Ray's character. Um, I, I went on a journey with this film. I liked it when I saw it, and then I had like some negative thoughts afterwards, and was like, eh, I don't know, maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was. And then over time, I've, it's just grown and grown on me again. Um, yeah, because I understand like all of what Ryan Johnson was intending to do and there's everybody think looking at it being like ryan johnson hates every hates star wars it's like no he doesn't 
he's fundamentally made a film that shows that he loves Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If anything, he's shown how much he understands the world of Star Wars as well. Like when you yeah. watch it, I think he does. I think he, even just through choices of, and I know this is you know, uh, more film analysis, but even through choice of, of um, how he does certain scenes and how he portrays certain shots and how he writes for certain characters, he really understood the world that he was asked to help develop in this film. Um, just because it's not to everyone's liking and people didn't like it doesn't mean he didn't understand it fully. And it's a bit like, going back to what Connor said on our last Star Wars episode, you know, with, with the prequels, George Lucas had a vision for those three prequels and he executed exactly the story he wanted to tell. Ryan Johnson did the same for this film. He had a story he wanted to tell and he did it to the best of his ability. I mean, we assume. Um, yeah, well, I mean, he absolutely did this film to the best of his ability. Like, Yeah, I, do you know what I mean? Hands down, he did this film to the best of his ability. Because um, um, if you just like, take... Yeah, sorry, I, I understand some of the negatives in the sense of like, yeah, Finn does get pushed a little bit to the side, but he learns a lesson in this film as well. Yeah. Like, he learns that, because he, I mean, you can say he sort of learns a, a similar lesson to what he learns in the first, uh, in The Force Awakens, which is that not to just think of himself. I think that is my, that is one of my biggest drawbacks on this film is he does basically just learn, um, the same for me he learns again i've not watched it in a few years so i might be wrong but he learns the same lesson and i think you know yeah. i think me and connor agreed i think he's agreed in general finn is kind of the biggest mistreatment in these films yeah. i think which is a shame because john boyega is great as finn um he's just great in general but um yeah i agree with what you're saying he is he is kind of put to the side in this film I don't like. I don't mind the journey they go on. Like as much as I don't really enjoy the Canto bite sequence in full, there's there are moments in there I do like. Um, I yeah, I do feel like he is pushed to the side a bit in yeah. this film. Um, I do like Rose though. I think she's a good character. Yeah, I, enjoy I like Rose. what she represents. Um, yeah. I like what they do with Holdo, Holdo, Poe, and Holdo obviously because he's a very much involved with Holdo in this film. Yeah. Um. What else? What else? I like I like how they handle Luke. I do as much as people don't. I like I do. I like because then because it's funny because everyone's like, no, they made Luke stupid. They made him fucking awful. And it's like, no, he's just jaded. He's just old. Yeah, cr- cr- like you wanted him to show up and kill everybody and be a legend, and he essentially does that in the most Jedi way possible in the end. Yeah, and I also about killing anybody. <laughs> I also kind of just considered him to be what Yoda was in, in episode five. And I think that's what he was trying to portray. Like, I do understand, you know, um, why some people might not like Luke. And I know Mark Hamill wasn't overly enthusiastic about it, but I, I, in terms of where the story is and where it needs to go in this film, it makes sense for Luke to be the way he is. I think. Well, for based on the story that Ryan Johnson told, yeah, it made sense for Luke to be yeah. the way he is. But then everyone always argues, why is Luke? Why is he the way he is? And it's just like you do realize that, or the, or they blame Ryan Johnson for it. And it's like you do realize that at the start, at the end of the Force Awakens, J.J. Ra- Abrams has left Luke stranded on an island. Yeah, exactly. And he's been missing for years. Like, so, of what did you Ryan want him Johnson... to be doing? Training how to take down the First Order in one move, like. <laughs> Yeah, there, it was obviously like, I think I think what people and I think you're right. I think what people don't realize as well is, if someone else had done this film, JJ whoever, 
it probably still would have gone in a similar direction because you're right, JJ leaves him on an island and like, even if you just take that final shot of Force Awakens, he doesn't exactly look happy to be presented with his lightsaber in that final shot. Okay, so no. it's interpretation. But you can kind of see in his face, he's like, oh, fuck. Like, something, so something I also find weird is that he's just standing on the, he's just standing there in his Jedi robes and in the moment Ray shows up with his lightsaber, he takes his Jedi robes off. It's like... Yeah, a bit weird, isn't it? It's like, what were you wearing them for in the first place? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I'd say unmissable with you. I don't think it's top... I'd, I'd put it in the middle of unmissable, I think. And I know another. it's another argument that people have sometimes against it. I do like how it subverts our expectations as well. Yeah. In terms of, like, it, Kylo Ren kills Snoke, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, Kylo Ren's going to be good. Ray thinks he's going to be on her side, and he's like... No, I want to forge my own destiny, and I still believe that we don't need the Jedi and everything. Which then everybody interpreted as Ryan Johnson saying, "Nah, screw everything. Let's kill every all the past and just be." And it's like, no, no, no. Kylo Ren is the villain. Yeah, Kylo Ren's the antagonist. It, it, just because you are, so you're identifying with the antagonist, which is wrong. <laughs> it's, no, but it's just because people. It's because a lot of fan girls and fan boys out there wanted Kylo and Ray to get together. So as soon as Kylo turned around... I wouldn't around say it was, was like, just that. I wouldn't even say it was just that. No, but it had I would a big say, part to play. I would say I'd it's argue. more... No, I would say the part of it is is they all identified with Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens and thought that he could be... There is a pathway to him being good. Which is possible. Yeah, it was. It's Star Wars. Of course there is. Um, but then Ryan Johnson went in a different direction with that by saying, no, no, he's still bad. Like... Yeah. I don't necessarily think it was people being like, oh, let's get them together. I think it was more people being like, no, Kylo Ren's cool. Oh, no, I don't think it's solely because of that, but I do think it had a bigger part to play than people realise, I think. But I think your reason is more is is more the genuine reason. Yeah. Considering most of the fanboys hate Rey. <laughs> yeah, true. Why would they want Kylo Ren with her? <laughs> mm. But You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, um... um but yeah, no, I like the Last Jedi. There's, I have, I could have more thoughts on a different day about why I like this film, but I've not really delved into all of that for a while, so I'd have to go and read up about it a bit more again. Yeah, like, I'd like yeah. to, I'd like to rewatch. Maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll actually rewatch, do my, do a proper rewatch this time and actually watch all nine films and the spin-offs. Yeah, I can't even remember um, like if I've watched this, if it was like a specific person I've watched do a video about it, or if it was just reading stuff online and that that helped me sort of learn to love that film. Yeah. Not learn to, not that like I didn't like it, but like after reading a lot of things. And well, it helps you once, un- like, once you understand things and see things clearer, you're like, oh shit, no, actually, I really like how that's done. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and it has got a lot of great visuals as well. Oh, yeah. Go on then. Um, I, think I, know, I think I know what's next, but, but. Next is the 11th Star Wars film, also known as Solo, a Star Wars story. Um. I'm torn. I'm torn between just a movie and this is pretty good actually. I haven't seen it in a while, but I so I would have to put it in just a movie based on that. But I also think it is just fun. I think, um, Connor knows this, but but I'll be I'll be honest. I was one of those. What's the point in this film? We don't need it. Um, well, yeah. We didn't need uh, it. <laughs> we didn't need it. I didn't see the point of it. I wasn't even excited when we went to go see it. But what I will say is. I'd argue that this is pretty good, actually, because of the fact it did surprise me and I did have a lot of fun. Um, but again, at the same time, I'm the same as you. I haven't watched it in such a long time. I might watch it again and my opinion might go completely downhill. Um, 
and I don't really have a lot to say on it as well. Um, no, no, there isn't a lot to say on it because it's, it's such an unnecessary film with like it's the, such a pretty lackluster story to be fair but like it's got good performances I really like um, Alden Ehrenreich as um, Han Solo and obviously yeah. Chewbacca, Chewbacca. And then, he's uh, my favourite part Donald of Glover's the film Donald good as Lando yeah yeah it's, um, a, it's, 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 it's a shame it's just a bit of a it's just a it's just a movie it it's... is, which is why I would say I'd put it in just a movie. Yeah, um, but it's not, ba- it's not as myself. bad as I think people made it out to be. And I think it's got some really... It's got a lot of good Star Wars elements in that. It's just a fun Star Wars story, like, sort of. Yeah, and I do I do think that some of the stuff it suffered with behind the scenes does come across on screen at certain points. I mean, yeah, they but remade the entire film. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that's the film itself's fault. You know, the film is no. still a fun... It's still a fun couple of hours. It's still... I think the best part of it is Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. Um, I really I really is, enjoyed yeah. his performance. So if he came back and, and reprised the role, I'd still I'd be completely happy with it because I think he did a really good job. Um, I mean, he, he, you, you'd assume he would at some point, but we'll see, we will see. Like, the Lando series is still currently happening, as we, as we are aware, with Donald Glover. Um, so if Han is to show up in that, it would be ordinary, right? Yeah. And also, while we're on that topic, um, can we stop with all the let's CGI everybody's faces to make them look like the originals and just recast them? Yeah. Like, come on. I know uh, Billy Lord was in the sequels, but she could play Princess Leia. Hundred percent. She's literally. Her daughter. Her daughter. Yeah. Because also, Aaron Wright can be Han Solo, and the guy that they got to be Luke, and then pasted over his face, he could be Luke. <laughs> yeah. But also, just like, in case, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it does work, and sometimes it's, it works well. A lot of the time, it's very jarring, and it takes thing, you out though, of the, the film. It's or not the necessary. <laughs> no. But even even because... Luke, right? Sorry, even Luke. They could just cast Sebastian Stan, for example. Like, do you know what I mean? You can cast anyone as long as they fit and they could, the role. But the thing is, the guy they cast does look like a young Mark Hamill a little bit. Like, not completely, but it doesn't have to. We're, we're, we're not idiots. Like, like, they recast... That's like when people say to me, why are they so scared to recast these actors when they have recast literally some of the most popular characters in Star Wars anyway? They didn't try to make a, a CGI Alec Guinness back in 1999, did they? No, they recast the role and gave it to Ewan McGregor, who is now yeah. like known as the... He's the most popular version of Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's at that kind of level where it's like, just recast them. I know they won't. They're going to keep trying to push this CGI face stuff. But just recast them just grow some balls and recast like it's not they they did for this film is the thing it's like what like if the, you know like i wouldn't i wouldn't mind watching a film that is those that is like ordinary and right um i say billy lord just because that's what everyone else says and it's like there might be an actress out there who's more suitable for the role but then billy lord is literally carrie fisher's daughter so yeah, it makes more sense, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, I don't remember the name. That's to the point where, because they pasted Mark Hamill's face on him, I don't remember the name of the guy they used for Luke in... Um, no idea. The Mandalorian. Who plays Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian? Don't lie to me, it's not Mark Hamill. Oh, actually, technically it's... 
in Book of the Fett, that's the version of it I'm talking about, I think. Because I think it was two different actors. No, I'm not going to be able to find it. But yeah, that guy. Yeah, I get you. He, he can be Luke. It works. Just grow some fucking balls, Lucasfilm. <laughs> um, yeah, like, sorry, everyone's I... been recast. They recast Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, they did. They recast others, probably. I don't know. I can't think of anybody else. And nobody wants to see CGI Han Solo, CGI Leia, and CGI Luke running around together. No. It can be, it'll be so weird, they just won't be able to emote. <laughs> it also gets to a point where it just gets a little disrespectful as well, I think. Even if they have the permission of families and stuff. It, yeah. just, feels, it just feels... Yeah, I don't particularly like it very much. Well, but... two of them are still alive, so it's their direct permission. Yeah, but you know what I mean. But one of them isn't, and they've already done the CGI face thing, so... For Leia. Yeah, and that was and that was a nice, you know, for Leia in that point at the end of Rogue And now they've done it for Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones, so there's the press. They've got all three of their faces now. True. The thing is, with with Leia at the end of Rogue One, that was a it's a nice moment as well, and it's a nice little kind of. Well, it was um, a moment that felt even more poignant because it came just after she had passed away. Yeah, so it is. Just, it is a nice just before, moment. Sorry, just before. But it doesn't. It doesn't need to happen again all the time. Ever. Yeah. No. But just yeah. recast them all. Solo, got Donald, Donald Glover, Alden Ehrenreich, Billy Lord, and whoever played Luke in the the, the who was the stand-in, him. Yeah, that's sorted. it. Cast, recast, done. Do it. Fucking just do it. Anyway, <laughs> Solo goes in just a movie. Yes. And then uh, we finish off with a bang. The twelfth Star Wars film, also known as Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, is fundamentally worst movie ever. Hands down, stop there. We're done. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I don't remember. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it one and a half times. So if you at the cinema where I enjoyed it, and then, but I think that was also the high. I always got high. Always got high. I always got excited seeing the Star Wars film in the cinema because of course you were really Star Wars. Yeah, you and came then out I, loving it. Yeah, and then I rewatched it at my mum's during lockdown, and I got probably about fifty minutes in. I fell asleep for twenty minutes, and then I turned it off. Um, which I've never done with a Star Wars film before. I always watch it till the end, even if I've seen it a hundred times. Um, so yeah, this is again. I do need to revisit it. I do need to give it a fresh watch with, you know, in a in a rewatch. But it's the one that I will look forward to the least in rewatching. Um, but you never know. I might rewatch it. Might surprise me. It won't. It's the worst movie ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I just. It was hard because when I saw the film initially, I did have a positive reaction. You'll you'll testify to that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we enjoyed but, it. We still had a a, a, a good but time. In hindsight, I didn't because I was laughing throughout most of it. <laughs> yeah, because that the film's hilariously bad. Like in terms of how did they drop the ball so hard? And you can find out how they dropped the ball so hard by watching the um, video on YouTube uh, called I think it's called How Bad Movies Are Made. Yeah, I've actually um, I'm I'm not finished yet. I'm a little bit way through it, and it is very very interesting. I would recommend by it. Empire Wreckers on YouTube. Uh, How bad movies are made featuring the rise of Skywalker. The thumbnail says the wise of Skywalker. So it's a really really interesting video at one minutes and eighteen minutes long about the journey the film took from the initial script by Colin Trevorrow to becoming what it did. And it's a clear journey. You can actually when you watch that whole video, you can be like, oh no, I can see. 
exactly how that became what it became um and how they had no choice because they what they had six weeks to rewrite the script before they started filming yeah um so yeah no that film was really damaged by behind the scenes stuff but i don't think it was going to be good anyway <laughs> yeah i don't i think some people you know because colin trevorrow's script is is well what was going to happen in his film is out there and I, sometimes i i uh, i think mr sunny movies are really good um there's a good video yeah, he did a good video, video about uh, with some animation about what it was going to be and listening to it and watching it i don't think conjavaro's film also would have been that good it didn't, no it wouldn't so, have been <laughs> there was elements there was elements of it that i was like oh you know what that would have been interesting to see that might but have then, been cool but overall but then, i think but then colin he didn't write the Jurassic World films, did he? he just the first no, he one. Didn't. He just he didn't. No, no he was just director. But he was meant to be writing this Star Wars film, and he when he did, he wrote a bad film. And the other film he wrote, uh, the, the Book of the Henry, Book of Henry I think. yeah, is also dreadful. I actually heard a synopsis from it recently because somebody watched it and they were talking about it. I was like, oh no, that film sounds genuinely awful. <laughs> oh god, it's not even written by Colin Trevorrow. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, no. Okay, I won't. I won't give him that much shit. Then I was about to like. I was giving him so much shit. He's not. Even, he didn't even write it. Hey, no, he did write Jurassic World as well. Oh, did okay. he really? Okay, maybe he's not a terrible writer. Um, because I mean, then again, the first Jurassic World's not good. If you want to watch a good Colin Trevorrow film, watch Safety Not Guaranteed. That's a good film. Okay. With um Aubrey Plaza and Mark Duplass and Jake Johnson. Pretty maybe good. I will. I like that film. It's about time travel. Oh, nice. Well, it's sort of loosely about time travel, but it's really interesting. It's really, 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 really quirky, but uh, it's good. I like it. I liked it when I saw it. Not, I don't think it's amazing, but I liked it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. No, watch that video, everybody, if you can. I might even watch it again someday because I really like seeing that journey. But um, no, this film seemed like it was doomed from the outset. This whole trilogy was reasonably doomed from the outset. Yeah. Except looking... each of the films made over a billion dollars. So <laughs> yeah. It was a success. <laughs> Do you know what it was? It reignited, not that it needed to, because you did have stuff like Clone Wars and Rebels um, that that are. I watched them. I finished both of them finally this year, um, and I Connor knows this. I loved them. I loved Rebels as well. And Rebels was the one that I was a bit like, I think I'm going to enjoy this. Been in love with that show. I've got a T-shirt now of, of it, of both of them. But, wow, um, a T-shirt. I know though. that's how he's big a fan. A I, that's how big a fan. He likes of. Rebels. He likes Rebels because he's got a um, T-shirt. But um, it's a limited edition T-shirt, actually. Thank you. Um, so what? It's a limited edition T-shirt. Thank you. Okay. Um, anyway, My memory is a limited edition. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, so it didn't. It didn't need to, but at the same time, it did kind of reignite Star Wars and getting it in the talking point again. Not always for the for the best reason. So for that, in that aspect, okay, yeah, the sequels, you know, did what they wanted to set out to do but at the same time if you look at it as a whole it's the weakest trilogy of the three i'd argue i yeah. think i mean yeah 100 percent. yeah just it's, it's the least cohesive and like they're arguing everyone's always said that oh they, they should have all been written together um gr- the original trilogy um wasn't planned none of it was planned out it was one film at a time yeah like everyone wants to believe that George Lucas had everything planned out. He did not. Most of the original trilogy wasn't even based on his any of his like it was based on his initial ideas, but it was changed a lot 
by the writers that came in. Like, a lot of people obviously forget, but, like, it's Lee Brackett that basically made Empire Strikes Back what it was going to be. Yeah. Um, obviously, Lawrence Kasdan came in to finish the script, but, like, so much of the original trilogy wasn't George Lucas. Like, and in the prequels, obviously, he was his entire his entire idea. But again, that was while it while the overall destination was planned. Each film was like written as it was being made, essentially in terms of he rewrote it, would have rewrote based on the reception of the previous one. Yeah, but then yeah, I get that as well. But at the same time, like you can argue that the fact they wasn't planned, especially the original trilogy, it was one film at the time. They did that well. They did that with thought and care. And yet with this, for this sequel trilogy, they did that and they they just, it was like there was no discussion between films of, right, this will happen in the last one, this is where we want to kind of get to in this film. It just kind of was just like, yeah, fuck it, do do, I think, do what you want. I think what it was, it was JJ was like, okay, I've got to make the first one. And it wasn't, he didn't write it on his own, obviously. There was initially Michael Arndt, however his name is said, yeah. the writer of Toy Story 3 did it. And then they didn't like what he was doing, so they changed it. And then it was J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. And they made it what it, what they made it. And then they were like, okay, Ryan Johnson, here's what we've done. And go and write your, well, your, your sequel now. And then Colin Trevorrow will write his sequel based on what you've written. Yeah. Which is fine. That's a fine way to do things. And I feel like there would have been cohesion there. Yeah. Like yeah, you see drop off in Ryan John in uh, the Last Jedi based on what come in the Force Awakens. You do see some of that stuff like sort of fall away, and be like, oh, okay, maybe some of the characters aren't focused on. Maz Kanata's not involved, even though she's just a mystery character that we don't know anything about. Okay, that's fine. Whatever, it's fine. It still works. And then everything that happened behind the scenes of the Rise of Skywalker really affected that film. Yeah. And then you do, there is that idea of like, okay, maybe in hindsight they should have planned out from the start. But then you also don't know how people are going to react. And then you have to, re, you have to make your films based on, especially sequels, you have to make them based on how the audience react to, to certain ideas. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, I, I, a lot of people say they didn't. And Brian Johnson was like, no, we didn't. I, they absolutely looked at the response, the negative responses to The Last Jedi and were like, we need to appease everybody. And then they, I think they ended up appeasing nobody. <laughs> yeah, I think they maybe tried a bit too hard and got too messy. Um, because it does undo a lot of the things from The Last Jedi, even though they said it doesn't undo any of it. Yeah, it does, actually, because Rey is suddenly a Palpatine. Which made no sense. No. Oh, we're going to bring back the Emperor, which is like, all right, fine, whatever. But even in the film, um, I don't even explain it. They go, somehow, the Emperor's back. Yeah, and remember, they announced his return in Fortnite. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, the message that the, they're like, oh, a message from the Emperor is playing out across the universe. That message isn't even in the film. Oh, yeah, it's only it's in, in Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, it's so bad. And now, and now, I do like how now they are trying to sort of explain it in hindsight. Like, they're going back and be like, no, they're, we're laying the groundwork for it now. And it's like, no, I don't mind that they're doing that. Wait, are but they I now? also... That doesn't mean it's a good idea overall, but I do like that how like there's a lot of that groundwork being laid now. Like you know, the Emperor has always been working on cloning and stuff like that. Like they've done that in the Mandalorian, they've done it in the Bad Batch. Oh, like, sorry, it, yeah. <sighs> like they're addressing it now, but it's like 
too late. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's because it's already been done and it's already bad. Oh, it's making me angry. I don't like talking about the rise of Skywalker. No, I like what they're doing with the, with. I like what they're doing with the story now, and it does. If you if people if we want to be, we don't know yet because we haven't seen Ahsoka. But if we want to believe that they are trying to build towards like a big Star Wars event that's going to have Thrawn as the main villain. Yeah, I'm all like, for that. Perfect. That's a perfect idea. Yeah, really, really strong and it, idea. And it fills in that gap before the, the first, like the first order. It gives that area for the first order to rise from. Yes. Yeah. Let's hope it's executed well. Yeah. Unlike the Mandalorian season three. Um. <laughs> it wasn't great. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it really, 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 really wasn't. Uh, well, that's our ranking then. Um, I don't have anything more to really say about uh, Rise of Skywalker. Where does that leave Star Wars overall? Because last time we checked, it was in best saga ever. It's unmissable. It's unmissable now. Okay, I'm still happy with that. So overall, so let's go. Let's go through the rankings. In worst movie ever, we have uh, the Rise of Skywalker. In yep. forgettable, we have the Clone Wars. Yep. In just a movie, we have Solo. In This Is Pretty Good, actually, we have The Force Awakens and The Phantom Menace. In Unmissable, yep. we have Attack of the Clones, The Last Jedi, Return of the Jedi, and Rogue One. And in Best Movie Ever, we have The Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, and Revenge of the Sith. Nice. I'm happy with that. Yeah. That's Star Wars. That's objectively well, Star Wars. No. That's objectively <laughs> no. But like we said last episode, we would love, love, love to hear your opinion on kind of where we've ranked the films would you agree would you disagree send us in your ranking we're two random nerds on instagram you can find everything you need on that instagram page send us a dm let us know you've listened to the episode and what you thought of our rankings and you never know we might we might um read some out at some point um we might even reply to you you might we might not you are you, you have to find out wouldn't you but yeah we'd love to hear from you it'll be really really grateful and if you're listening on spotify Please don't forget to leave. You can leave up to five stars. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave up to five stars and a review. It would be really, really appreciated if you could go and do that as well. No pressure, but it'd be nice. Yeah. Um, I know Harry said we'd like to hear what you hear, what you like, what your opinions are. But um, if you're one of those people that's just like absolutely hates when someone doesn't agree with your Star Wars opinions, don't talk to me. Just Oh, like, you're not in that way. Yeah. Is it like... I'm, I'm sick of the Star Wars fandom. <laughs> in a case so of. If you've got, I'm so if, jaded. You, if you're a bit like, oh, you know, I actually have this tier ranking, and you want to send that in, you know what? Send it in. We'd love to read it. We'd love to see it. You can send, in your, you can send in your tier lists. Just don't, don't. If you're going to message in, yeah. If you're going to message in for our roles, yeah. If you're going to message in and be like, fuck you, everything you've said is 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 garbage. We're we're just we're just not going to reply. We'll probably block yeah, you. No, obviously not. At the end of the day. We all love Star Wars, but then nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. 